Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Well, you're in luck, and you're in the right place listening to the right podcast, because this is the story of... Welcome back to the very special Halloween episode of the Story of Podcast, where each week we choose a topic, research it independently, don't share any information with each other. We come back together here, discuss what we found in real time to tell you the story of. I'm Smith. I'm Joe. I'm Mike. And I'm Joe. Ha <laughs> ha, Joe squared. And this week's topic is Joe Camp's baby. Uh, and it's our uh, Halloween episode. So, Joe, press the start button. Take us in. Let's roll. Well, this week we're presenting the story of exorcisms. And as we researched it, I think, if you guys agree with me, I think it, we're really going more into the story of possession and exorcisms. Because yeah. they kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah, that's kind of where I went with it, yeah. So, yeah, the more I found, I think it was more stories of, like, random possessions, uh, demonic possessions, and things like that. But I do want to do a callback to our voodoo episode last year, because we quickly mm. talked about spirit possessions in the voodoo or voodoo religion, and how they were good things. They were positive things, right? Yeah, yeah, a very different view. Here we're talking about demonic, evil possessions, mostly in the uh, Catholic Church and kind of stories of that and how we handle it and what an exorcism is, how it works. And then we can get into the debate about if they're real or not. How about that? Sounds, Sounds good. good. Kind of where I, I went in, you know. Could you guys mind if I start us off with what is an exorcism? Is that all right? Please. Start us off with a yeah. vocabulary term of the week. Okay. So according to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, an exorcism is a specific form of prayer that the church uses against the power of the devil. That's that's where foundation lies. And generally, it's, it's exorcising the demons out of mainly a, a person. But, you know, I mean, items and things like that could be also possessed with, with demonic entities as well. Right. Like uh, dolls and things like that. I didn't get into possessed dolls. Did anybody talk about possessed no. dolls? Did anybody find that? No. No. Richard. Richard is one of them. If anybody's ever seen um, Jack and Ozzy's World Detour, they they get that little doll of Richard, and Ozzy like keeps trying to get rid of him, and like I think he puts him in a microwave at any point, one point. No, okay. So anyway, <laughs> let's go. Cool. Take us away. Say Annabelle. Yeah, it's similar, Annabelle but his doll. name is Richard. Well, let's go in. I want to go into the uh, the religion history here because you know me, I'm I'm the most religious guy on this podcast, so this was. <laughs> This like got me. <laughs> I literally thought that too when we when I started researching this topic. I was like, "Wow, this is such a deep religious topic." Yeah, more than I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be. And I was like, "Wow, it's so amazing that this was your topic because I know that you're an atheist." <laughs> so I was very uh, taken back with everything I learned. So let's have a little uh, a little history on Christianity on, on Catholicism, the power of an exorcism. So the the story is that way back when Jesus Christ was living, he performed an exorcism on people or I don't know which people they were, but it's in the gospel of Mark, I believe it's in this book somewhere called the Bible. Uh, <laughs> I think I've heard of that one. I think so. Yeah. There's been on the bestseller list. 
<laughs> oh, best-selling oh. book of all time, I think. Yeah. What I never put together, and and I'm gonna be like sappy for a so- second. It really kind of hit me when I when I heard this and thought about it. The reason an exorcism works is because good is just better than evil. Evil cannot overcome good. So like the the devil just has no power over the good in Jesus Christ. And that hit me and I think I think I need religion in my life. I think Do I'm you? converting here. I, like I don't know. It it really got to me. Wow. Let me play devil's advocate here. Oh, Ooh. but you know, you, you know, you don't have to be religious to like, you know, be good, Joe, right? You know that, right? That's, that's, yes, know, that's not a agreed. prerequisite of being good. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Dark Helmet would say that good is dumb. Bad <laughs> is good. Well, I watched a video of a priest, a, you know, a Catholic priest explaining how an exorcism worked and, and how Jesus won the exorcism, I guess, won the battle. Mm-hmm. And the the simple answer was just that. The devil can't be Jesus, can't beat him. Like evil will never overcome good, and that's why exorcisms work. And I was just like, "Whoa! Like that's it. That's all I need in my life. That's all the positivity I need. I'm good." It would make sense if Jesus' followers wrote the book about it that they'd be like, "Yeah, you can't beat our guy. Like, just, duh. Like no way." And like I feel like it, you know, yeah. like it's kind of maybe a little biased. I don't know. A little biased, but it made me feel good. Yeah, no, there you go. I mean, I, I, I would just trying to rain on your parade a little bit, you know. I came across um the Ashipu, who were uh, the purveyor, the purveyors of magic in Mesopotamia during the first millennium BC, whose job it was to stave off right and get rid of demons that brought on like illness and chaos and things. They were like spiritual healers. They were like the protectors of like the you know society and the people from these these bad you know demons and things and they would have like elaborate rituals and um they would get it you know get in there and cleanse right and cleanse the demons you know uh and then after that we get the word demon from the greek word daemon d-a-i-m-o-m which means demon where it refers to and those are like god-like spirits and supernatural forces uh now those those demons or demons i don't know how you pronounce them uh they could be good or evil similar to what we talked about in voodoo uh but again right they needed to be exercised out and cast out if they were evil so it was interesting that i saw that the 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 idea of demons goes back further right even further than christianity by at least a millennia or so as well so you know i thought that was pretty cool it's just interesting how these different cultures separated by thousands of years had the same thing they're all talking about yeah. the same event or issue or whatever concept yeah that, that was something i thought was kind of interesting how you you know as i started reading and i started coming across all these different religions and I know they all have their different way of how they approach it mm-hmm. i thought that, i think the coolest one I, I came across was the the jewish religion how they there there's a whole like performance and it was pretty pretty well detailed of what they do and blowing in a ram's horn i thought it was yeah. pretty interesting how like every yeah. religion has its own little way of how they do it and they differ just like a slight tiny bit essentially really all performing the same ritual yeah like i came across a story of a guy named um elizar right and this is told by the historian the very famous historian josephus that he used to free people of demons by uh, and I quote, drawing it out of his nostrils and repeatedly invoking King Solomon's name 
attesting to a form of exorcism in Jewish tradition as well, right? So prior to Jesus, whose name did they use but King Solomon's name, right? And they pulled it out of the nose. Are we saying <laughs> demons are one big booger? <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go. Was he following the Egyptians' form of taking the brain out through the nose as well? I don't know. But it goes back to the... Wait, that makes sense, though. Because it goes back to God bless you when you sneeze, right? Remember? Remember that episode when we talked about when you God sneeze? Yeah. Right? It opens up, right? A path for the demon to get in. So God bless you. So I wonder if that is connected there. Shit. Look at that. Tying everything together. Well, I thought you said God bless you because a sneeze could, like, change your heart pattern. It's a good you should have been on for that episode, Joe. I you should know, have. I, with that yeah, being said, all year, I apologize for not being around for the last year. I've been real busy, but I'm going to do my best to be around more often and do more research than I did last year. <laughs> You're off to a great start. You know what? I would You're rather you just listen to our episodes, too. <laughs> Make sure you listen to them, Joe. We need those likes. Come on. We need those. Obviously, you didn't listen to that episode with the idiom. <laughs> No, that was that was in our uh, rituals. Yeah, that was our rituals. Yeah, that was rituals. Was it or was it idioms? It, it was it was rituals. I think it was rituals. Yes, yeah, it was rituals. Oh, traditions. So yeah. Well, he's out here asking us for uh, uh, recommendations on podcasts. When fucking Joe, you can just listen to us. You know that would that would be helpful. <laughs> we'll support. Yeah, sir. That'd be nice. I, who says I don't listen? It's just it's it, uh, I don't. It's boring. Get no, every single line of every single podcast. No, you should. Stuck in this uh, noggin of yes. mine. I, I'm going to need a full report, okay? Two pages, double-faced. Anything, anybody catch anything about Middle Ages as far as uh, uh, exorcisms go? I, things got pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. no? no, no. A, lot, a lot of torture, things like that. Not old, nobody cares. That's old, that's, yeah, that's old history. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we just talked about the Mesopotamians. I guess that's a little bit older. Yeah, I mean, they, they <laughs> their ritual techniques got a little bit more drastic, a little bit more mean and cutthroat, if you will, and torture started to get into it as well i'll say it's more torturous back then yes yeah it was definitely a lot darker then you know and um especially under the catholic leadership right so you're looking at uh it's an essentially you you know you had the rise of a lot of heretical sects in christianity at that time believing certain things go ahead joe no what uh what i wanted to look into more that uh when i had the time was how exorcisms were kind of used almost as a a tool a political tool a, a, a way mm. to the times back then to just kill them the same way how we had the Salem witch trials, people were called witches, but instead of that, they were possessed by demons. So now they were demonic and their exorcisms were needed. And as you just stated, it was way more gruesome and brutal back then. So you could just say that a guy like that that you didn't like or was doing something, oh, he's got a demon possessed and he needs an exorcism and that he just happened to die. We kind of, we tried to beat the demon out of him. And that was also something that exorcisms were used, another tool they were used in, I didn't yeah, find no, any like right. really specific cases like the Salem witch trials where it was a big thing like a town had a demonic uh, rising in the town so or I wasn't able to find anything like that specific where it took over in age or or got as big but it was definitely something I was looking for to see if any like any king or anything like that just his rival happened to be just be uh, possessed yeah, no, and you bring up a good point. Yeah, it was something that I was looking, and it, it's all in like lower level things. It, it never like blew up. Yeah, to the extent of like a th three part series on the Salem witch trials. Four part. Was it no, four? Four part. Four <laughs> <laughs> but you're right because I was part of all four of those parts. Yes, you were. You were. 
the Orthodox Catholic Church in the middle, you know, the Middle Ages used exorcism as a way uh, that they could, quote unquote, like free people from this, you know, these sinful heretical beliefs of like, you know, Protestantism and and uh, all these other heretical anti-Catholic type of uh, Christian beliefs. So it was, it was, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was used uh, as a yeah. as a tool, uh, as a mechanism, really, um, to weed out certain groups of the unwanted Christians within the church in that time period, for sure. I just didn't find, like I said, something as prolific as the witch trials in it. It was more widespread and more like, like you said, crusades trying to bring you over to Christianity. Oh, you don't want to become Christian? You must be you must be possessed by demons then. Or you're you're worshiping the wrong kind of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. I went current. I was looking like stats and stuff. Let's like go. That. What do we got? I mean, there was a couple of different ones that I remember reading. I don't have I don't have the exact details, but I remember reading one where this whole case where this girl was like possessed. And they started doing, like, these exorcisms. She was, like, 22 years old, and they performed, like, exorcisms, like, constantly. Annalise. Annalise Michel. Yes. Michel? Yes, yes, yes. That was her name. Yes, that's the From big Germany, one. yes. Literally to the point where, like, I, I think that it got to the point of she was just being tortured at this point, and they believed that there was no curing her, and essentially she wound up dying, I think, of starvation. Um, I mean, if I remember reading and dehydration, it, yeah, yeah, and like I, if I remember reading it right, like she was tied to the bed, like they were performing exorcisms like on a regular basis, and even I think the parents mm-hmm. um, got convicted for manslaughter, and and so did the priest yep. that was involved in it. I mean, yeah, that was just like wow, I'm like that that was pretty wild. I was gonna say was that this is what the movie The Exorcism Emily Rose was was based on. That's what you know. That's a yeah. very famous. Yeah movie in american pop culture which i never saw that movie but i think i kind of want to see it now because now i know the basis of it by the way we never discussed the exorcist the movie yes uh not that we have to give a movie summary here but i gotta admit when i first saw it really didn't bother me too much i i guess i'm desensitized to violence and and horror it was very old fashioned to me. Do you like what do you guys think? We're all about the same age. When it well, obviously it came out before we were born. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying the first time I yeah, saw it. Yeah, but I mean like what I'm trying to say is that you're right, because we were desensitized but to, to this, right? When it came out to the audiences, when it first came out, they weren't. It fucking scared the shit out of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? My dad was telling me like they had ambulances at the movie yeah. theater and stuff. Yeah, I was like, really? Yeah, that movie. For this thing, like, it scared the piss out of people. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, and that actually is the case of uh, Roland Doe was another one, which that the, the book The Exorcist, which was later made into a movie, was based after Roland Doe, um, which was another you know very very famous exorcist case. But yeah, the the, the story of Annalise Michelle is crazy because you know and it got me thinking. What if let's say this was a, a legit case of possession? They attempt the exorcism, and the person dies. Did they get their soul? Like, did the demons win? Like, is this person, like, being tortured now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the fuck? Like, that's crazy. Like, what if it really is legit? Because, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later on. But, you know, what if that was real? And the demon won because she died during the exorcism. Like, you like, if you read the the transcripts of it, uh, did you guys listen to any of the audio? There's audio. Yeah. It's fucked up. I didn't know it's really it's fucked, fucked up. up, but I do have a comment about that. Well, that I'll save. Okay. It is really yeah, fucked up. Yeah, because the demon. I mean, it's obviously it's in German. The really interesting part of the story. So, just a quick summary of the story for those that don't know, 
it was this teenage girl who started exhibiting seizures when she was like 16 or 17. So she went to a medical doctor and the medical doctor tried to treat her and she went to a different doctor and then he tried to treat her and they gave her medications. They gave her anti-seizure medications and she was still having seizures and convulsions and weird behavior as noted by the family until finally one of the doctors said she needs to see a priest. She's possessed by a demon. And that's when the church got involved she went through something like 67 exorcisms 67 on the dot, in yes. the course of like five or six years. And eventually she just stopped eating on her own, on her own will. She, she didn't want to eat anymore. She was almost martyring herself and that's why she died. But then the, the interesting part of the case is that like Mike said, her, her parents and the priest and the doctors were brought to trial about this for homicide. And they brought in their defense was, she was possessed. So they played these audio tapes of her speaking in demonic voices as their burden of proof that like, no, we were doing everything we could. She wasn't responding to medicine because she was she was possessed by Lucifer and they were they were showing audio tapes of it. But as Mike said, the, the case failed and they got convicted. They had to go to jail for, I think, for like six months or something. Yeah, it was a very short time. And the yeah. doctors lost their licenses. Yeah. Yeah. But it was I think it's the first and only trial case yes of of something like this happening right yeah that's insane they essentially like it's it would be what we would consider something along the lines of like pleading insanity but yeah they 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 pleaded possession by the devil as their the you know like that's essentially that's what they were going on you're right and it's crazy because when you listen to the audio and what got me thinking about my original question was you know with the, the the guttural demonic voice it's pretty crazy i mean it definitely sounds like a girl kind of screaming and gargling. You know what I mean? It's not like a if you've ever seen The Exorcist, it's not the Linda Blair where the voice completely changes octaves. It sounds like who she is. But the demon voice is saying, I'm going to kill this bitch. I'm going to kill her. And it's crazy because yeah. this poor young girl died. Shit, if this was real, what happened to her? Like, you know, like, did the demon win? Like, what the shit, man? Like, that's really crazy. Like, that's absolutely terrifying. Um, But yeah, there's a couple... Of really high profile cases, as I had mentioned before, Roland Doe was one of them. And that is what The Exorcist is based on. And still still to this day, we don't know who Roland Doe is. Obviously, that's like a John Doe name. Um, so that's the actual identity. Uh, it was a 13-year-old boy. is still unknown. We don't know. But that case did not end up the way uh, Annalise uh, Michelle did. Uh, Roland Doe was exorcised. Uh, and and obviously that story is what we now know as the exorcism. I don't understand when someone's having an exorcism done. Why do they call it that they've been exorcised? Why is I, that? Because I, I I guess I mean I guess it's probably the root word. <laughs> they run a treadmill thing when they're on. <laughs> the de- demons have been they It's E X O R Mike. Yeah, E X O R. Come on, get, keep up, Mike. Keep up. Exercise the demon. Because an exorcism is yeah. like yes. a workout. That's right. You're a little sweaty at the end of it. I think, you know, I, I imagine like one of those old 50s machines with the big rubber belt that just like shakes you. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> demon comes out of the nose. You know, Power like it's Shaking it. <laughs> him. So, it, like, I listened to those audio tapes. They were a little scary, but I agree. They, they sound like a girl mm-hmm. making these sounds. And I'm not saying she was faking. I'm sure there was some sort of psychological disorder happening here she was probably schizophrenic what i found interesting though with a lot of possessions and that one especially is you know this case took place in germany 
and the demons that spoke through her spoke German, right? And then you hear exorcisms in America, and those demons speak English. And I thought demons spoke, I don't know, like Latin or demon, or demon language or some language yeah. we don't know. You know what I mean? But like mm -hmm. they speak in the tongue of the country they're in, which I thought was a little convenient sure. to say the least. Although, although if I could play devil's advocate one time, I did, I did come across a couple of things where, you know, where it says you know, different effects or signs or symptoms of demonic possession. And a lot of the ones that I, I read or a lot of the information I had did expressly say that individuals are able to then are individuals who are truly possessed are able to speak a language that they've never spoken before. So it has been documented in some mm -hmm. exorcisms where somebody is possessed and they begin to speak in a language that they don't normally speak in, which is why people are like, what the fuck? What happened to Bill? You know what I mean? Like, geez, he doesn't know Japanese. Like, how is this happening? You know what I mean? Or speaking languages that aren't languages. Yeah, where well, they know. go and speaking in the tongues, but... If people are possessed by demons, are they possessed by spirits? So if you're possessed by a spirit of a dead American, wouldn't you speak in English? Well, that's interesting. Like, what if George Washington possessed yes. you? Would you speak like George Washington? <laughs> I've been you, speak <laughs> you know, like, you have, is every possession that intense that we're possessed by demons? Like, it's... It's living in the idea of purgatory and spiritual beings on the earth still until they move on to the next pass, next life, or the next thing. Like, if you, if you spoke English as a person, you died, you're in earth for now, you'd probably hang out in the same area you lived in, which would be America, and you possess Americans and speak English. True. Good call. <laughs> that would be like a little, but also maybe more severe cases if you're actually possessed by a, a demon, a, a deeper, darker possession then that would make sense to speak in tongues or a language that is not understood by us. Or does Satan speak English? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think Satan knows a barrier, if Satan exists, right? But going back to Annalise uh, Michelle, she was possessed by Hitler, by Judas, by Lucifer. Uh, Schlesinger was another one who was a somebody from medieval times, which is crazy because she began to speak about Schlesinger and um, the priest knew who Schlesinger was, and Annalise began to like rattle off details about this individual, and uh, from like four six you know four to six hundred years ago that the priest was like, how the fuck does this kid know about Schlesinger? Like you know what I mean? So she started to bring out knowledge that yeah. the priest really questioned and was like, how the hell does this kid know this? These are weird details that are practiced or we are, we speak about right in. The church and the higher ups, right? Because he was a uh, that identity was known to the priests, so that was interesting as well, you know. But not commonly, yeah. I have a big problem with the Hitler part. Like when I, when I heard that, that was the other thing that sent up a red flag to me. I was like, okay, you got Lucifer, you got Judas, you got Cain. Cain, that's right, though. Cain, right, another one. and then you have Hitler. Yeah, it's like you know, random. And how convenient again. This was in Germany. Yeah. But it was just, it was very odd to me that she had all these biblical demons and then right. Hitler was her other possession. Right. When you in know? Munich, of course. Of course, yeah. Bavaria, by the way. It was, I think it was Bavaria. It was, it was Bavaria, I mean, yes. If anything, Hitler would, would uh, possess a, 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 an Argentinian, Brazil? Argentinian. Where do they say he is? Arge if anything, Hitler would possess an Argentinian. <laughs> yeah. 
You're right. <laughs> that is correct. He would be speaking in Argentinian, and he would be ha- he would have one of those uh, those hats on uh, with the guy from the uh, the suntan lotion. What's his name? With what kind of hat? No, is that? He would speak German just in Argentina. Yeah, no, he'd be wearing Argentina. that hat. What's the hat called? Come on, somebody help me out. Panama hat. Yes, yes. Panama Swan. hat. Yes, Panama. Panama. Yes, yeah. yes, that hat. Uh, it's Panama Jack, but Panama head. head. Panama Jack. Yes, that would be. Panama- <laughs> Mike, you had you had your finger up, Mike. What? Yeah, I was wondering if you guys had read a little bit about the the whole scientific view about exorcisms, Obviously. as we we're discussing all the stuff that happened. I was I thought it was interesting how demonic possession is not recognized by any as a medical condition. And they really were saying how it could be a combination of all these different mental illnesses that could be causing these possessions. And yeah. even as you start going through some of the stuff we've talked about, I mean, you know, talks about mental illness, hysteria, mania, psychosis, Tourette's, schizophrenia. So these are all psychological issues that some of these people may have had. And even back in the day, we didn't have a lot of medications to treat these conditions. No, you're right. There's a lot when you look at countries that don't have a great healthcare system. Yeah, there's there's definitely red flags that go up. But it's I found it interesting in 1999, the Catholic Church carried out its first major update uh, to the rules that are surrounding exorcism since 1614. Right, so they had the same rules about exorcism from 1614 to 1999, and finally in 1999, a little, a little outdated. Okay. Yeah, a little outdated. But they they actually begin to distinguish the difference between demonic possession and physical or psychological illness. So you know, it's in the ni- 1999 update. You know, the Catholic Church starts to say, right, maybe we should start looking at possibility of mental illness. So this guy, Father Thomas, he's going to work with a bunch of doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists. They're all practicing Catholics. And the idea is to rule out any causes that they may think could be something other than possession. And then, and the point would be that when they, they rule everything else out, if there's nothing else that they believe is playing into this, then they bring in the, the, the priest. But it has to be okayed by a bishop. A bishop has to it has to go through the channels and once it gets to the bishop and the bishop says yes all right send him on out that is essentially that's the okay that the the exorcist needs in order to go get to work and uh, go you know do some exercising you know um and then you know so it you know it's interesting that you brought that up because i looked at a lot of the science i went very much to the science side on this one i struggle with this particular subject i'm as into the spiritual, into all of this stuff as you can get. But I struggle and I go back and forth with demonic possession because I can't rule out mental health or mental illness. Both sides, though, if you think about it, not only just the individual who seizures are a number one symptom of all, it seems like all possession. Seizures is number one. Right, so I keep going back to some sort of seizure disorder. However, there is also, I don't know, you want to call it a mental illness too, but the, like the religious extremism on the other side, not just the Catholic Church, but in other unfortunate, fatal uh, exorcisms around the world too, where people just, you know, on the outside of it that are trying to fight these supposed demons, they display some sort of mental illness as well. Like when you, you read some of the stories about what people have done to each other. They're murdering people. People have been murdered while being exercised. 
they are suffering, not necessarily, like, they're being murdered by people that are fucking crazy with religion. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Did you come across the uh, story of uh, from the girl from Sayville? No. No. So there was a girl from Sayville. Sayville, that, Long uh, Island. Sayville, Long Island, in the idea of Lisk, but not with Lisk, and keeping <laughs> it to Long Island. Um, there was a 17-year-old girl from Sayville, had a younger sister and her mother, and she started exhibiting signs of depression and withdrawal from everybody. And uh, she said something to her mother along the I, about being possessed. So her mother and her sister would pray loud to her, and she would tell them to stop because it hurt. And um, this went on for a little while, and then her mother said she was going to kill the demon inside of her. So she tried to smother her with a pillow. This was back in 98, which I don't understand how I didn't re- hear about this until now. And when the pillow didn't work, she put a bag over her head and ended up killing her daughter and went to wow. jail for it. So like you said, the mental, uh, mental yeah. illness on yeah. both sides. Like this could have been one other, some other issue, some mental illness for a 17-year-old and then her mother being fanatically religious or something, believing that she was possessed with a demon, takes it upon yeah. herself to get the demon out of her and ends up killing her 17-year-old daughter in front of her 14-year-old. There's a whole conspiracy on it. That, not conspiracy, but people say that's where uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch comes from because she was a cheerleader and like another one of her friends was involved. Oh, I think like I that. have so heard of that. Yeah, I think I did okay, hear that story. Yeah. yeah, there's like a whole like, there's a New York Times article mm-hmm. and then there's another page that goes, uh, and it goes, uh, that I read also about, and it goes into this whole like, this is where Sabrina the Teenage Witch comes from because they were cheerleaders and they, she was a witch. And she did it. It lists a whole bunch of things that she was doing, apparently in school. That like, eh, I don't know how true that is, but this part because it did go to trial and her mother did get arrested. That's how I was bringing up that part. But that's they say that it's based on her. No, I don't think it's based. Very on Very interesting. They put, turned it into like a Disney show. That's nice. Do you know where? Um, did you come across where exorcisms yes. are on the rise and is considered like the battle yep, for yeah. the soul currently? Yeah fact what do I, i've got some numbers on that uh according to the bbc half a million people reportedly seek exorcisms every year and this is in italy while a report by the christian think tank theos in 2017 said that the practice was also on the rise in the uk in part due to the spread of pentecostal churches some dioceses have developed their own courses to meet the growing demand including in sicily and chicago uh, and in fact i think it was just a few years ago in 2019, I believe it was, the Pope just entered in 250 new exorcists to go in and take training at the Vatican, right, to now fight this, right? It's, it's this newfound fight against the devil. And it's crazy because it really has nothing to do with Dungeons and Dragons or, or Ozzy Osbourne either. You know, like they're, they're you know, way in the past, but <laughs> the devil keeps rolling. Mike, what you got, man? I don't know if Joe and Joe were aware of it, but I know, I think we put it in the message, or I put it in the message about how we were trying to get someone on this episode from yes. the Pope Leo Institute, and what that is, is it's actually a group, I think it's based out of Indiana, if I remember correctly, Yes, and they actually have a program for priests to go and take training on how to perform an exorcism correctly. So they would not come on our show. Yeah, they were. They did not want to share their knowledge with us. No, so, and I think Mike, Mike, you were the one that said I should email back and say, though. "Hail Satan." 
And uh, right, that was that was. Tell him, hail Satan. I mean, yeah, we on. tried. I thought the way that you know, we, listen, we're not trying to poke fun at it. We will. We want to be educated. We want yes. them. There's no better way to be educated by someone that's doing it. Well, and that's exactly what I wrote in my email to them yeah. when I said, I said, look, and I put in like bold letters, like, and I, I think I actually used the term. I said, this is not a hit job. Like we, we do not have an agenda on this show. We are simply looking to be educated about this. Like there is not, right. we are not trying to debunk or disprove or anything. We would really just like to learn about this from individuals. And, you know, they were very nice, but they said, look, our main mission is straight up just to train and to exercise, right? We are not, that's not our main mission or that's not our main goal. We don't go out and, and no. you know, we are not here to educate. Like, sorry, like that's actually not what we're here to do. What we're here to do is to train and go fight. We're going to fight the devil. We'll fuck that guy up. Yeah. And that's kind of like what they were doing. So I, it, fight the devil. In, in a, in a sense, I respect it. I was like, you know, like they, they didn't get, they don't, they stay on that path, man, that they're a bunch of, you know, warrior monks. If you think about it, right? And they would. I don't think exorcisms are something that, the church or anyone really wants to glorify probably not in any way, shape or form. So I can understand why they would not yeah. want to be on podcasts. And yeah, but if you're going to train people about how to perform them, I think the least you should do is say, Hey, listen, mm -hmm. there is a right way to do it. And there's a wrong way to do it. And this is what we do. We educate them to do this. This is how you start it. This is where you do. Like, I just want to know what's the process that they go through. And, First of all, like, so listen, if someone was listening to this and said, fuck, you know what? I feel like there's someone in my life that needs this. Where do we go? Did we ever finish what the process was? Did we finish that part? Yeah, I saw a little bit about it uh, there. You know, well, you guys touched on like, uh, Joe, you said they don't want to publicize it. I agree with you. I, I did find this one priest, though, who kind of is all over YouTube. He's on podcasts. Like Morth? He is yeah. promoting it. He's like, I'm an exorcist. I didn't want to be. Friar Amorth, I think his name is. Something. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's very knowledgeable. Yeah. He was he was a good information source. But I just found him on a lot of places, a lot of channels. Mm -hmm. He goes. He gave a good stat, which I never even thought about. And he said that, you know, Smith, like you said, exorcism is the last step they want to perform. They do everything else: medical, psychological, psychiatric. It's so that's good to hear. At least they are being scientific about it in, in some way. And uh, I'm happy to hear that part. He said out of all the priests in the United States, and there's tens of thousands of priests, there's only about 100 to 150 trained exorcists, like trained from the Vatican. Yes. So it is not your local priest, probably. Like you can't just go to your local church. That's what I was saying before. It, it has to be big, okayed by the bishop. It's a yeah, big deal. It's a big, which, but I'm curious though, with the Pope Leo the Thirteenth Institute. Yeah, they they gotta have they gotta be a side gig. They're trying to do it under the table. Yeah, like they're not. Um, they're they're clearly like a different sect that is not. You know, they're tra they have they're training their own folks. You know, and they are not necessarily connected. You know, with the Vatican and Rome. Um. But you know, I gotta, I gotta say, yeah. it, man, and uh, you know, I, I guess, like I said before, I struggled with this because I'm a believer in a lot of things. But the constant uh, symptom, the seizures. Uh, look, I'm not convinced that people with epilepsy have been uh, labeled as as a, as possessed and and essentially have been tortured 
because of it. I mean, I did some I did some research, and um, there's something called temporal lobe epilepsy. Now, I am not a doctor. I am not a scientist. I am, you know, I'm just getting things that I had read off of uh, medical news today uh, and ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. And like these are some, you know, uh, clevelandclinic.org, right? Things of that nature. I, I didn't, uh, but I mean, what I came across was very simply put that um, individuals uh, who have uh, temporal lobe epilepsy, it's called TLE, they will experience, uh, well, can, they may experience hallucinations, which could be smelling an unpleasant smell, um, hearing a monotone noise, complex sounds such as people talking, seeing things that aren't there, seeing things in an unusual way, the warping of objects. Uh, there's also, there's two types. There's lateral TLE and there's mesial TLE. And the mesial is a bit more rare. And um, the mesial TLE uh, will have uh, some some other things where it, it actually will uh, affect the limbic system, which is emotions and fear and joy and anger and involuntary uh, functions such as eating, sleeping, and bladder activity, which was a, a very common side effect or, or symptom as well, was un, not being able to hold your bladder, which if you guys have ever seen The Exorcist, right? When Linda Blair comes down the stairs at the party, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just saw so many things that kind of um, matched up with it. Upset stomach and nausea, fear, anxiety, panic, motionless staring, dilated pupils. How many times I've read where people's eyes changed colors in the middle of, of an exorcism. And if these are untrained individuals and the eye goes completely black because it dilates, that could be somebody thinking, hey, their eyes change color, right? To the dye, you know, they turn black like a demon. You know what okay. I mean? Loss of consciousness. Yeah. Difficulty speaking. So if they're enraged and feeling, you know, and they have difficulty speaking, could that be mistaken as speaking in tongues? I don't know. You know what I mean? It was just so much that yeah. I saw that was like, man. And, and again, in combination with religious fanaticism of folks that are going to be on the other side, it, a lot of the stories I read, not all, but a lot happened to families that are deeply religious and happened within families that are deeply religious. And I just, I wonder how much yeah. that played a role. I don't know. It's just hard because there's a lot of things that you really can't explain. Levitation. That's kind of hard to explain. Shaking beds. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a big one. That makes a lot of sense. If you go through the idea of the history of everything, the history of our, our world, religion was so predominant and looked upon for everything for so long and there's no reason medical knowledge back then and you must be possessed you must have you must have a, de a demon inside of you and now that we have better science that doesn't take away from an arcade uh, an old school thought process and if you're super religious this is something that used to happen so it definitely really happened so it still happens when there's just the possibility it's just undiagnosed forms of epilepsy or mental illness, but they needed to figure out a reason that it was happening back then, and there was no other better reason, and they turned to the church, and the church went, must be demonic possession. That's the only thing that can explain. Well, and we talked about it very much within the Salem Witch Trials episode, where so much you couldn't explain in life was explained away by, was explained by the, by the Bible, and bad things and the unknown, right, took the form of the devil. And and so if you see devil everywhere, 
well, then you see the devil everywhere, right? And and you see it, you know what I mean? And, and things that you can't explain. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not writing off exorcisms. I don't know. Who the hell am I to say that they're not real? People who've experienced it and lived claim they were possessed, right? So I'm not going to sit there and say that that person wasn't. It's just hard. I struggle with it. And it's hard because I, I, I also read a lot of accounts of people who legitimately suffer from epilepsy and were tortured by family members whether it be physically or mentally or emotionally, who, who were just against any sort of epileptic, epileptic medication or anything, so any type of therapy to help them out because they just pray and pray and pray. And that, that's a form of abuse, as far as I'm concerned. It's a form of abuse. When, yeah. You know, you, you don't allow somebody to get medical treatment because you believe you're just going to pray it away and they suffer for it. That's that's abuse, you know. So I don't know, this is a tough subject, but I, I that's kind of where I am. What do you guys where where are you? Do, you? do you do you buy into it? You don't. What do you No, I agree with what you're saying and and I listen to this priest give interviews and I as a scientist I agree that most of those symptoms, if not all, can probably be explained medically, psychologically, but the priest is saying stuff like, you know, well, we don't film exorcisms because it's against church rule so you can't film them and he's like well i've seen people levitate well okay uh, if you've seen people levitate you know there's no explanation for that so i call you a liar either, either. You're lying, you know like or there's something else yeah yeah like and i'm not saying i believe it i'm just saying that's that's probably the one thing if i saw somebody levitating i'd be like okay there's <laughs> there's something going on here somebody having a seizure somebody's eyes turning black like you said with the pupils rolling their eyes rolling their back in their head yeah speaking different languages all of that can somewhat be explained but the priest is here saying like yeah i you know i've seen them levitate i've seen them crawl up the wall backwards things on their, have flown off you know, shelves like backwards yeah, yeah, yeah. hands and shit yeah, so that's it's a cool story. If that's true, then yeah, there's no explanation. Well, what for that, does you know? though? I gotta admit though, but what explains the aversion to religious iconography? Because like I, that's not explained by epilepsy. Yeah. I don't think you, you know, and that seems to be something that's also at the very. I think core. that's more psychological. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, yep. you know what I'm saying? Like that's also a very strange test. That's where I I I with this because there are some things that sure we can absolutely. Say, hey, there's definitely a medical part, but that, that, that's kind of weird, too. Joe, what were we going to say? Two things. And the idea of priests saying they've seen certain things. If you saw somebody crawl up the wall backwards, there's got to be some kind of medical. You had to have ended up in the hospital with some kind of broken bone. <laughs> Let me see the medical record where we have four torn ligaments in both <laughs> elbows and a broken rib. And, and I'm all for somebody crawling around like that. And then two, the religious iconography, if... Wouldn't that come from if you're if you have this uh, a disorder and your family's super religious, what are you going to go back to when you're unconscious or that, whatever? You're going to go primal. to what you know. Could be primal. And if you know religion, 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 then that's like when you try to train something else and you get into a high pressure situation, you just go to what you know, mm -hmm. what you know and what you've always done. So if your family's been religious your whole life and now you're going through a seizure or you're going through something else, what do you know more than that? That like that could be an explanation point. of it. I I'm, I sit with you, Dan. I can't decipher either way. They're, like I, I live in a world where I hope some things are true just because they're weird, funky, and cool. Like mm -hmm. in my my own beliefs and ideas, I'd love to believe this is true, but I'm skeptical. I'd love to believe other things, not specifically, but other things. But when it comes to this, like you can't really rule it out. But like I love a little yeah, solid sorry. proof. Like, like with a lot of other things in life, like you can't rule this out because 
you just can't. But some things can be explained away. Give me the thing that's not explained away. Agreed. That that's what I'm saying too, Joe. Agreed. Not like I'm in. Not that I want this to be real for people to be tortured, but I'll believe you. And then let's fucking exercise people's demons away that are truly yeah. in need. No, for real. Let's solidify religion. But like you can't. All you can do is like like in every other aspect of religion. All you can do is have faith either way. Good way to put it. Faith that it's true or faith that it's not. Because no one can prove anything either way. And everything lives on an idea of faith. Very well very well put, sir. Very well put. I found an article from a psychology journal from 2021, so pretty recent. They interviewed four people, two men, two women, in their mid-20s to 30s. And these four people claimed to be possessed. And they went through a battery of psychological testing and what they found out and what they found out from other testing too is most people who are claiming possession have a history of abuse in their background Ooh. have history of drug use or, or over drug use in their background so there were like correlations a lot of these people were schizophrenic they had mental disorders so they're saying they're not saying like oh possessions are fake they're just saying listen this is a lot of people who are saying this also have these you know, ailments. So yeah. there's an interesting correlation there, I think, too. No, you're absolutely right. But, you know, I want to bring up something that might take this discussion way off topic uh, that has come up. Aliens? A few times this season, uh, and I think will be a, a consistent thing. Interdimensional beings. I'm not convinced that it's not. <laughs> Serious. Like, dude, there is a lot, a lot of talk about interdimensional beings. Now, with not just, you know, with with UFOs, uh, you know, possibly being interdimensional beings. And what if these are interdimensional? What if they are? What if they're interdimensional beings that we can't see, but are colliding with our dimension and our reality? And then every once in a while, they roll in, you know, they take a hostage, have some fun, right? And then roll out, you know? I don't know. Can't disprove it. What if? Yeah. Sure. I'm in. Yeah, uh, you just uh, you stamped in what we just talked about faith. Yeah, you can't prove that. You can't disprove yeah. that. And then, like, you want to believe it, you believe it. That's also another way of saying you have faith in the fact that interdimensional beings are real. Inter more than one dimension is like mathematically proven, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, like, there would be an idea that obviously other dimensions would should have other living forms. So, the idea of interdimensional beings would be faithfully factual. So now whether they can collide and jump dimensions is a whole oh, yeah. other uh, conversation to be had. Oh, we will. This season for sure. You know, and... <laughs> the story of oh, interdimensional no, it, it, we, Dude, we've got a lot of aliens this season. So there's a lot of interdimensional talk. And, and that's, that's a big one in the alien community. But we're not at aliens. We're at demons. So let's stay demons. What if they were demon aliens? Demon aliens, whole shit. There are a lot of people that believe that aliens are actually demons. And what if they're all just interdimensional? And that is just the way that our brain can make sense of it. You know what I mean? Cascading effects. And Bigfoot might be interdimensional. It might be. I don't know if anybody has caught this new season of Expedition Bigfoot, but they may have found a cloaking Bigfoot. And we'll leave it at that. Cloaking. 
And with that, I'm retiring from this podcast, folks. See what, you what, later. Channel, what channel? That's now on. It's. Uh, I'll give a plug to Discovery Channel. Uh, it's Discovery Channel. I think it's on Wednesdays at like nine or so. It's actually my favorite uh, Bigfoot tracking show. It's Expedition Bigfoot. They're fucking good. It's so much better than In Search or, or, or Finding Bigfoot. Finding Bigfoot was kind of like, eh. Uh, Expedition Bigfoot. That's the big guns, right? That's they didn't find him, I guess. You can't. He's he cloaks. He apparently he's invisible. You can't. That's why he's really. a shapeshifter. Why you can't find him? He's invisible. He's a shapeshifter. He's a skinwalker. They're all there. Are you trying to say he has one of Harry Potter's? Yo, he's got it like built into him. But anyways, before we wrap up the episode, guys, uh, do you have any other any other thoughts? Anything else you want to throw in there about uh, exorcisms? What do you think? Oh, we forgot one major thing. That's that's a pun, actually. There are two types of exorcisms. There's major, major which we've been talking yep. about, and then there are minor, the minor for the baptism, which we've all seen. Actually, when you see a baptism, it is technically a minor exorcism. I've witnessed exorcisms because though. my son was never baptized, and he's devil sometimes. I swear, this kid's <laughs> like it makes perfect sense. Wait, so then the question would be, would you consider having him baptized? No, never. <laughs> Amen. Amen, bro. Preach. <laughs> well, we can get the satanic temple on. We, they they unbaptize people. So you know, they have that. Yeah. We still have to do I that. Need, yeah. I need to be. Un- I need a cleansing. If a baptism is a minor exorcism, does that well, mean they I put them back in? You start underneath the water and they pull you out of the water. And no disrespect to the temple. Very, I think they're fantastic people. I actually literally, after our podcast, I have a, a person in my life who feels a little lost religiously, and I sent them to the, I was like, and hey, you, said you, you, might, want, do that. you might want to look into yes. these people here. No bullshit. I 100% did. That was, I, like, within the hour after we talked to them, I sent a text message and uh, websites and everything. I'm like, I think this is somewhere that you can land and feel really comfortable. All right, so I think we hit this one pretty hard, guys. Thank you all for for being on tonight, and thank you all at home for listening. Uh, We do appreciate your love and your support. So share our show. All right, go out there and check out the socials and all that fun shit, Uh, and we will catch you guys next week. Happy Halloween. Stay out there. Stay you. Stay weird, and stay safe, please. You know, check your candy. People still do that. Make sure there's no razor blades in your fucking apples. And shit, and uh, you know, who gives out an apple on Halloween? I don't know. Next year for Halloween, we should really go into some of the the weird things that people do on Halloween, or we think that they do, like putting razor blades in apples. Has anybody ever seen that? Who's done this? Which they've never done. No, there's no evidence of that ever. That was actually that was in the movie Halloween. Did anybody ever no, catch that no. that scene in Halloween? No. It's at, it's Halloween two. Halloween two. Watch it closely. Uh, there is a uh, the scene where they first get into the hospital and Jamie Lee Curtis first gets into the hospital. There's a kid in the the waiting room. Uh, mouth like this, and the mom mentioned they mentioned something about a razor blade in the in the uh, in the candy or the apple. Check it out, you'll see it. Um, all right, folks, thanks for joining us this week on the story of uh, exorcisms. Uh, go out there and exercise your demons, and we will see you guys. Well, we won't see you because we yes. don't see you. We will speak to you next week here on the story of all right adios fuckers we'll see you later thanks for listening to this week's episode of the story of please be sure to follow our social media accounts on twitter instagram and threads at podcast story of don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts